0: It's Riley again, letting you know what happened last time on the adventures of Sparky and Spazoid. You can go back and listen to the first two chapters if you want. If you don't, be warned. I'm about to spoil them. Okay, last chance. Here we go. Sparky and Spaz are space explorers on a mission to find a new home for the human race. They spent the first chapter crashing into a flowing mountain. Then the next chapter they discovered a goat that knocked Sparky off the mountain. To be clear, this mountain is floating in the sky, so it's a long way down. Got it? Good. Here we go with Chapter 3.
1: Chapter 3. Once more on the way down. Sparky was quick-witted. That meant he could think fast. Some would say he could think on his feet, suggesting he was good at improvising. That was a desirable trait in an explorer. However, with his feet dangling in the air behind him, thinking wasn't the easiest thing. In fact, the thought...
0: And now I'm falling.
1: Didn't occur to him until he was past the mountain and in open air. That's when he realized how much trouble he was in. The next idea that occurred to him was... At least
0: I'm wearing my helmet.
1: This may seem silly. His helmet wasn't magical or superpower. It wouldn't help with his impending crash, not from that kind of height. But it did have a few benefits. The roaring wind made it hard for him to see. And the helmet had a visor. He pulled it down, improving his vision. He now had a clear view of the ground racing up towards him. Sparky considered his options, as he turned his head trying to catch sight of Spazoid. His helmet's second benefit was a radio connected to his partner.
0: I think I might have a problem here,
1: Sparky said. Up top, Spazoid had reacted quickly to his friend being tossed from a floating mountain. Quick for him, that is. To someone falling to their death, it may not have seemed all that fast. He watched Sparky drop away from the ledge and out into the sky. Then he turned and looked at the goat, with the parachute still in its mouth. Then he looked over the side again. His friend was still falling, getting smaller and smaller as he got further away. That's how long it took before Sparky's voice came over the microphone. The wind blasted in the background, but Spaz could still hear him. We already know what Sparky said.
0: I think I might have a problem here.
1: That would seem like an understatement to any reasonable person, and it would be impossible to tell that Sparky was worried by his voice but Spaz knew when his partner was concerned. The big robot turned his head one more time, considering the goat. (sighs) He let out a long sigh, which we've come to expect from him. Then he said as he jumped off the ledge, I'm on my way. The goat was happy to see the robot go. He liked the taste of the synthetic silk and had no interest in giving up the parachute. He wasn't concerned about the giant robot leaping to its death. He didn't realize that the silky material of the parachute was still attached to the machine. The Goat, unlike Sparky, wasn't a quick thinker, but he was stubborn. Even when the line was suddenly pulling him towards the ledge, he wouldn't let go. For that reason, he joined Sparky and Spazoid on their journey to the planet's surface. Spazoid was much larger and heavier than Sparky. Someday, when you take physics, your teacher will tell you that everything falls at the same rate of speed, but only in a vacuum. That teacher may talk about the rate at which objects reach terminal velocities. You don't need to understand this concept to see that Spazoid, because of his size, would continue falling faster than his friend. So he had a good chance of catching up with Sparky, even after taking so incredibly long to jump. Or I should say, he would have had a good chance if he weren't dragging a parachute and a goat behind him. He didn't want to lose the parachute, nor did he wish to murder the goat, but to catch up with Sparky, he would have to cut them both loose. With a quick slash of his hand, the lines were severed. The Goat was free to do whatever he pleased with the parachute, provided he did it before hitting the ground. Sparky saw his friend, the Goat, and the parachute falling towards him. Each one at a different rate of speed. That's all Sparky needed to remember that his flight suit carried a small pack. Inside of it, neatly folded, was another parachute. He pulled the string on his vest and felt it deploy. Spazoid had forgotten about the chute as well, so seeing Sparky fly up towards him was surprising. He had to fire his thruster to avoid a mid-air collision. The two partners had a moment in which their eyes met. Sparky went at a leisurely pace, appearing to float up, while Spaz plummeted, trying to slow down. He only had the one rocket, after all. Spazoid held up two of his hands, asking why Sparky hadn't used the chute in the first place. Sparky didn't like being judged.
0: Like you're so perfect,
1: he said over the mic. I didn't say anything, Spaz replied.
0: No, you just gave me that look.
1: Speaking of being judged, you may be asking why Spazoid didn't use his thruster earlier. There were two reasons. One, he wanted to get his parachute back. And two, a single thruster wasn't enough to carry him. That's why he usually had three. Sure, a single rocket could slow him down a little, but he was still falling. The parachute was a better way to bring his heavy robot body to the ground. And speaking of the parachute, our friend, the goat, saw that maybe he should have let it go. Unfortunately for him, when he went over the side with the robot, he held the wrong end of the silk sheet. See, you really want to be attached to a parachute by its lines. You want to be under it, not in it. The safety device was less effective when it was wrapped around you. Rather than opening it, balled up like tissue paper. The goat was wrapped in the chute with a small corner but still in his mouth. He couldn't see the ground approaching, but he knew he was going way too fast. Faster than a goat should ever travel. Sparky saw the animal shoot past him like a sheet-wrapped meteor.
0: Grab him!
1: He called to his robot partner. What? That's the thing that just tossed you off a cliff! Spaz responded.
0: I know, but he's just a dumb animal.
1: Sparky answered. Spaz was still trying to slow himself down. The goat didn't have a thruster, so that wasn't an option for him. Now or never! Sparky said. This time when Spaz sighed. (sighs) It was covered by the wind. He cut his thruster and started rapidly descending.
0: You know, you pulled him off the rock too, so we're kind of even,
1: Sparky pointed out. I was coming to save you. If he'd let go of my stuff, he'd be fine, Spaz said.
0: I told you, he's just a dumb animal. It's not his fault.
1: Sparky was willing to forgive a creature for acting the way nature intended it. Spaz wanted to argue the point, but he didn't have time. He and the goat were dangerously close to the ground. He fired his thruster again and moved across the sky putting one of his many fists out in front. He did this to stabilize himself, but also he thought it looked cool. He shot over the top of the chute, grabbing the lines. If the goat had fallen for another two seconds, Spaz would have been holding a parachute-wrapped paste. That was how close they were from impact. Nothing would ruin synthetic silk faster than having an animal squished in it. Spaz pulled back hard, still falling, trying to slow himself with only 40 meters, then 30, then 20, Then 10 below him. The thruster blasted into the soil, burning a circle. He thought he hit the ground gently enough to consider it a landing instead of a crash, but the sizable crater he left behind may have said different. He tossed the parachute and the goat to the side. Far away from the burnt hole he stood in, the rocks around his feet glowed red. He looked up to see Sparky leisurely coming down. Sparky landed and touched a button on his vest, letting the parachute detach. It drifted away in the breeze. Are you going to pick that up? Spaz asked, pointing to the chute. Sparky looked back over his shoulder, seeing it float over some thorny plants. Or do you want to tell command you need a replacement? Spazoid asked.
0: What about yours?
1: Sparky pointed to the silk sack with the goat still wrapped in it. It was stumbling over the gravel and debris, trying to get away. Spaz hurried and grabbed the lines. Come here, you, you little jerk. He dragged the parachute and the creature back. Sparky stepped on his own lines to keep his chute from floating off. He pulled his pulse pistol out and considered their surroundings. They were on top of a hill with dark vegetation for miles around. In the distance, they could see broken and tumble-down buildings covered in vines, the sharp edges of a failed civilization poking out from beneath the growth. Only the remains of a giant machine were clear of the plants. It hummed with a strange energy they could feel in the distance.
0: Wow, this place is creepy. You were right. Something bad definitely did happen here.
1: Sparky turned to Spazoid, but the robot wasn't paying attention. He held his parachute in the air with the goat hanging from it like a fish on a line. Just let it go, he yelled, shaking it up and down. The goat remained stubbornly attached. Sparky felt his friend's attention should have been on the danger they were in. Not that anything was chasing or trying to kill them right now, but one look at the landscape let him know something bad was certainly coming.
0: Would you knock it off? How many times do I have to tell you he's just a dumb animal?
1: The goat looked at Sparky. I don't know if you've ever been eye-to-eye with a goat before, but take it from me, your narrator, they are very good at indicating displeasure. Dogs may bare their teeth, and cats get that crazy look in their eyes. But goats do something different. Much like a person, they frown, scrunching their face down in outrage. It's subtle at first, but usually they follow it with a headbutt to let you know exactly what they meant.
0: Is that goat eyeballing
1: me? Sparky asked. He still had his pulse pistol in his hand. The goat released the parachute, dropping onto the ground. It wasn't a very good landing. He kicked off his back and struggled to his feet. Then he looked straight at Sparky. Excuse me, the goat said. Sparky had no expectation for what a goat's voice would be like. In fact, he didn't expect to hear a goat speak at all. So of course, his first question was,
0: Did that goat just talk?
1: Spazoid was distracted busy cramming his parachute into the canopy above his head. He closed the dome and tapped it, making sure it was sealed tight. He'd sort it out later, checking for rips when there was no longer a four-legged thief around. Goats don't talk, Spazoid dismissed him.
0: Oh, I think that one just did.
1: The goat was irate. He had every intention of chewing the two explorers out, giving them a piece of his mind. However, he, like Spaz, was easily distracted, and there were several plants around him that he'd never tried before. Living on a floating mountain limited his options. The goat's mouth was full when he finally said, I certainly didn't. I don't much care for being called a stupid animal. Sparky and Spazoid looked at each other with the same question in mind, and while the goat wasn't coming any closer to the boy explorer, he still held his pulse pistol at the ready. If he hadn't trusted the animal before, when all it had done was send him hurtling towards an untimely demise, then certainly he trusted him less now that the animal was capable of speech. That's weird, Spazoid said. Just a little, Sparky agreed. A talking goat sure is weird. Come back next week to find out what happens in Chapter 4 of The Adventures of Sparky and Spazoid. As a side note, my brother has goats. I'd like to give a shout-out to Pepper, his male, who is the inspiration for the talking goat in this book. Pepper doesn't talk, of course, but he's got more personality than you really want in a farm animal. He's roughly the size of a small horse. When he gets in the woods, he likes to stand on his hind legs and pull branches down. He doesn't care if you're under them, either. He's destroyed several chicken coops and likes to chase my daughter, Riley. I was working on this book while spending a week goat-sitting. I think that explains everything that happens in the upcoming chapters. By the way, if you want to read along or read ahead, you can buy The Adventures of Sparky and Spazoid on Amazon. And don't forget to check out my webtoon. The music is provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.